Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Our Hometown. I have the pleasure of sitting down sitting down with Devin Hardy, right? Last yep. name, go. Owner-operator of Rivalry Imaging. Revival. Rivals. Oh, shit. I even have it right here in my it's face. Fine. I have it. It's okay. It's typed out. <laughs> I'm like, Rivalry. Well, whatever. I can edit it out. Revival Imaging, right? Yes. So how long have you been doing that for? I have been doing photography since I graduated high school. I went to college for it at Northwest in Powell, and I graduated in 2012 from there. And then it's just kind of been off and on since then. Never do it full time. I don't know if I would enjoy it no. full time. No. Why not? Um, I think creativity wise, I would probably get burnt out. Yeah. It gives me the opportunity to kind of pick and choose what type of sessions I take on. And then I'm not quite as stressed out yeah. and c- focused on just the work aspect of it mm-hmm. and turnaround times is bad. and People calling, where's my pictures? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you still get that no matter what. I don't think people realize how much it takes to edit pictures. They don't. No. Um, and I am just to the point now getting a new computer and everything to get even faster at some of it, mm-hmm. like some of the new photographers are. Because otherwise, I would go through every single picture and edit individually, uh, unless it was like a little small batch process type thing. And it does; it's very time consuming. Weddings are excessive, but those I are bet. those are my jam. Yeah, I love I love love. <laughs> I love photographing <laughs> weddings. Do you do when you do weddings? Do they like let you drink and eat, or do you kind of? Um, Eat, yes. Drink, I only have at a couple of friends' weddings that yeah. I just happened to get chosen as the photographer. Thanks, and huh? even then, it's like for the toast. Right. You don't want to get sloshed. Well, I didn't mean like that, but like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have. And some are really relaxed, and then others, you just kind of stand in the shadows mm-hmm. unnoticed. But I think most of my clients, luckily, I've been able to form a really close relationship with. Well, I'm a repeat customer. You are. You are. <laughs> That uh, that photo session that me and my oldest Kendall did, that's still like uh, probably my favorite picture I've ever gotten of me, just me and him. Really? And then of course you did our family photos last year when it was about freezing. This. <laughs> it was so cold. Yeah, who would ever thought that we'd have sub-zero temperatures in end of October in Wyoming? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Never would have guessed. But that that was probably the fastest I think photo shoot we probably have ever. Yeah, I think we got an entire session squeezed into like 40 minutes because it was so, so cold. cold. Yeah, that was miserable. You were troopers. Well, yeah. we're going to do it this year, but then life kind of happened. And so we're, we're going to probably do spring family photos. So yeah, that'll be nice. I actually didn't, I mean, I had a good handful of fall and whatnot, but I again only took on, oh, well, I ended up with two senior sessions this mm-hmm. year, but... I've ended up only having one a year since I moved back, and it's actually been really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love doing senior portraits, but yeah, I have the summer to just spend time with my family and so what, more weddings. Yeah, the, the summer is wedding season. It is. So yeah. what, what time of year is your favorite time to do photography? Ooh. See, I always thought like I fall. would say summer, really? actually, into early fall. You have more daylight to work with. Oh, that's true. You don't have to cut it so short in the winter. If you're wanting outdoors, you have to do it so early Mm -hmm. in the afternoon. And part of it is I work a full-time job. Yeah. And so I'm 8 to 5 Monday through Friday anyways. And so scheduling-wise, it works a lot better for me in that sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have to find childcare and 
do all of the general hurdles of being a parent. And so I definitely, yeah, and you get that beautiful golden hour with mm-hmm. all of the greenery. It's gorgeous. I, I guess I just always thought fall would ever be like the the typical photographers saying just because like the leaves are changing. Right. And yeah, the- color-wise, it is great. I would say like when I lived in West Virginia, it hands down would have been fall. Oh, yeah. Um, but the you're, trees. Yeah, you're in the Appalachians right. and you're surrounded in Wyoming where we're at in Gillette. You know, it's prairie. You don't quite have the same opportunity mm-hmm. for that, but it is nice and the cooler nights are a little better. Um, if I could honestly just shoot anything, that would just be studio. Yeah. I love outdoor photography, but studio is where it's at for me. And I think it's because I'm a control freak yep. and I can adjust everything to how I want. I don't have to count on weather. Do you have your own studio or is that something no, you rent out? That's something I would like to do someday. I have all of the equipment for it and everything's portable. So I've set up in people's homes oh, or okay. businesses. I've done, you know, headshots and family portraits and stuff. I just did my cousin's senior portraits and we did a few studio photos and I ended up setting up inside my church. Wow. Yeah. That's not bad. No, it's not. So, I mean, it's nice because I can take it wherever I need yeah. to. It would be really cool to have a set space. but I'd love to have a set space for this, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Right, because... Everything's so freaking expensive. Passion projects are expensive usually. Right. <laughs> they, uh, well, th- this all started as a... Uh, me and a buddy got to drinking, and we're like, and we were just sitting there just talking, and I was like, "We do enough talking, and we both like to drink, you know." This podcast—that's what a typical let's record it, right? That's what a typical white dude does. <laughs> should probably be going to counseling, but doesn't. Well, Nora, my oldest, asked what a podcast was, so I did my very best to describe it, and she goes, "Why would somebody listen to that?" Because <laughs> we're adults and right. we enjoy it. Well, I, I found that uh, people our age, more more so my age. Uh, grew up with like the talk radio mm-hmm. all the time are really podcast heavy. Like, yeah. like when I was a kid, that's all my grandparents listened to, was, uh, to news talk radio. Right. You know, it was always, uh, Paul Harvey and, uh, I miss Paul Harvey. Me too. That, like now the, you know, the rest of the story, the lunchtime at, at noon, he comes on, but, uh, I forget the golden mic guy, the dude that passed away last year. Anyways, uh, I grew up on that. And so like, the gift to gab or sitting there just listening to people talk has always like been keen to me. And I don't really, this, this new age music that's coming out. Like I just, it's just not working for me. No, no, I am definitely a creature of habit. I like some of the hits that come out occasionally. Uh, I definitely listen to all older stuff for the most part or stuff I grew up with. My kids are kind of like that too, though. They're huge Dolly Parton fans and they're very well-rounded. Because they also like <laughs> a, an occasional rap song. I am not a fan <laughs> of rap, typically, um, in country. And Nora loves Queen, and so does Violet. So oh, that's cool. And they have been obsessed with Ice Ice Baby. Oh, so there you, go. you know, that's it's fun. balance. <laughs> um, but no, I grew up even with my grandparents. When we would stay the night, we would pull into the garage and just stay in the car with the radio on because there was the story and it was mm-hmm. always like talking in the twenties, like great Gatsby type, yep. like murder mystery radio stories. And that stuff was like the coolest thing mm-hmm. to me. And so listening to someone even tell a story, yeah, which is oddly ironic that I can't do audiobooks very often, Really, but no, <laughs> See, no, I, I, I get so tired of reading books that like when I put an audiobook on, 
like just hearing the reader's voice, like how they, their description of mm-hmm. something going on and like the tone of their voice. It's like, it's like, I'm like, Oh, that's pretty neat. I would have never, it'd have been like the snow came flying down in his face. Oh yeah. Head, you know? <laughs> just monotone. Yeah. And then they're like the narrator and the snow and a, pitch black with the white specks coming down or blasting him in the face as he was trying to, you know, their emphasis yeah. is so much more. Yeah. I no, I can't do audiobooks, And I think it's cause I am a huge reader. Yeah. I love reading books and I would much prefer me do it myself. So, uh, right now, since it's the holidays, we're, we're doing, uh, we do Harry Potter every oh, year. Yeah. So, so do we. Yeah. Yes. So are you more of the book person when it comes to Harry Potter movies like that? or, or books I will like be that? honest. That's when I stopped reading the books so I could enjoy the movies. Really? Because I'm such a pick, like, picky person that I would be the one to point out, like, that's not how it happened <laughs> in the book. That's not right. That's right? not what color their hair is supposed to be. And so I very much went to the movies after that one. Yeah, well, like, uh, what was her name? J.R. Token? That was who? No, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. J.R. Token did The Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, but she had her finger in on the, the production of that movie, I mm-hmm. think. So she pretty much had to say that. Yeah, this is some way. of it. And I, and I think it's because I enjoy all of the details uh-huh. in books. Um, and you get to understand the characters a little more and the depths of mm-hmm. them. Whereas a movie or even shows, they have to cram pack so much information and still have it make sense with cutting big bits out. Yeah. And so if I have the opportunity to choose between watching a movie or the book, I will watch the movie first yeah, and then read and then the book for my book. full enjoyment yeah. so I don't ruin it for other people. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I let's start talking about stuff like traditions and stuff like, um, you know, like we, we both do the Harry Potter for during holidays. What, what was your childhood like when you were growing up and then how's that affected you today? So, I mean, I was born and raised here in Gillette, which was fantastic. And you know, on the same street almost my whole mm-hmm. life. We moved into that house when I think Lauren and I were like three yeah, or two. So, you know, and my parents are still there. Yeah. And my family is very close. We're very family oriented. Quality time is definitely a love language for all of us and acts of service as well. So doing projects even around the house, um, our family is very go-getter, do-it-yourself mm-hmm. type people and so it was nice and my grandparents live right across the street so we got to see them frequently or if you were running away from home right because you, know, you, you had a horrible day <laughs> at home with your siblings and you would pack a bag and you'd go hide out in the uh, dollhouse <laughs> in the backyard of your grandparents because <laughs> that's that. what all kids wish they could do right and it was fantastic and so growing up in town with my whole family uh, I was spoiled yeah. I, I was really spoiled and I have fantastic parents as well. And the older I get, the more I realize how lucky my siblings and I are to have that. And so no, it was it was a good childhood. I mean, nobody's perfect, right. obviously. Siblings scream fight. My poor brother probably still has little scars in his hands from us pinching him. <laughs> my older brother, he's a trooper. Yeah. Yeah. He's like one of my best friends now, though. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, we're also super close. And my parents are big on traditions. And so, like, the pajamas and reading mm-hmm. a book on Christmas Eve started with that one. Yeah. We would always open our pajamas first. And doing driving around town to look at lights. Because it was before they started doing, you know, complex yeah. lights. And 
So that was a big one in church. Um, and so I think because they are so family oriented, it was nice because we had a bunch of traditions that we've all kind of passed on to our own kids mm-hmm. and we've all tweaked them to fit our right. needs, obviously. And our family's dynamics are always a little different and we all parent a little different now, but it was wonderful. And seeing the town grow right even then like all of the changes was really cool well south park wasn't even over there yeah yeah so much of it and i mean i remember when donkey creek flooded right one of the first big times and my dad drove th- oh we put our hands out the window touched the water the whole thing that was very exciting um so it was really special growing up in Joliet. and i think i luckily like moved away and i say luckily because i think you find a bigger appreciation mm-hmm. for where you grew up after you leave, depending on how you grew up. <laughs> yeah, but you also get to bring back some different mm-hmm. culture, you know, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. So living in West Virginia for a few years was great. I loved it, but it's really good to be home. Right. It is so good. And I'm, again, my family and friends mm-hmm. are all here still, so I'm just spoiled. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, though. Like, I didn't have like a, my family's not in particularly close. So like hearing people talk about their feelings and how close they are, that just, that, that brings me joy and happiness. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to break that, that trajectory, that trajectory of my life for my kids. That way my kids can be like, my dad was always there. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was my best friend and or my mom, you know, right. Both, Cause we, we didn't have that as kids. Like our Christmas tradition as kids was go to sleep and don't wake us up until 10 o'clock. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> we didn't have go look at Christmas lights. We didn't have, didn't we just didn't. Well, of course, my dad was always constantly working, but mm-hmm. so I didn't help out any. And but when he was around, it was always work, work, work. Yeah, you know. So like, but it like I've had you're the the third person in the last three weeks that I've had come on and we've t- started talking about family and it just like and just hearing how close their parents are mm-hmm. together and how close their family is, it just kind of breaks my heart a little bit, but it brings me so much joy hearing that. Yeah, and I think because I have such close friends, um, they really, I mean, you choose friends that you Mm -hmm. want to do life with, and most of them do not have the same type of relationship with their family or their parents that I'm blessed enough to have. And that's not to say that, you know, we're perfect because we've all had our trials and obstacles um, as a family. And, you know, my aunt passed away when I was going into eighth grade and she left custody to my parents um, for my two cousins. Mm-hmm. So them moving in, I mean, that was a huge adjustment. And, you know, they lost their mom. And yeah, that was a huge, huge hurdle for all of us to work through. And it took a long time for us to kind of be in a good level ground, I guess, with being able to get along. Because you go from having your parents, them having theirs, and then mm-hmm. you have to share your space. And then selfishly, you're like, I don't want to share my parents. (laughs) And that's terrible. But, you know, a 13-year-old, that's... Right, that's... You miss your aunt and you feel bad for, you know, your family and that's heartbreaking. But that's a big change. And we have so many kids in our family. Yeah. And so getting the alone time with your parents was already kind of... (laughs) A fight? Yeah, uh, sometimes. They were really good about scheduling it out, honestly. That's that's something I really need to work on with my boys is, like, give them independent one-on-one time. Yeah. You know, that's so hard. Like, my boys are... They're a lot alike, but they're 
totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the youngest he'll, he'll follow in the shadows of the, the oldest and do whatever he wants to do. And the oldest takes advantage of that. Ah, uh, you know, so like right. he, Drake, he loves everything that Kendall does, and Kendall doesn't so much love everything that Drake does. <laughs> it's not mutual. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, for being stepbrothers, they act like two brothers. Like they mm-hmm. were, you know, they're three years difference. Yeah, they're, they're, there's a three year difference between them, and it would have been like they were there together from birth. Right. And That's I, it's awesome. just crazy to see that that relationship grow like it has. And Kendall, he's 12, and he still sets a time. Aside for him and Drake stuff, you know, it's not just all about me and That's my friends. So sweet. Yeah, but I, I, I really hope that continues as he gets older. And I think that says a lot about him, though. Even at this age, though, that he's setting that time aside, yeah. being conscientious. Uh, and Kendall's a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a very, uh, he's a very caring person. Like he really cares what people think and. Their emotions and empathetic. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and I, like, I don't know where he gets that from because I'm I'm not so much empathetic, right? As some people would like, <laughs> but I'm working on it. I'm working progress. What What would you say? Uh, how How big of a role does play, faith play in the dynamics of your family? Uh, huge. Um, yeah. I mean, we're all Lutheran, mm-hmm. you know, and grew up going to church, and. I, I mean, I think at all, at some point as you're going, growing up, everybody kind of questions their own faith yeah. and it would be weird if you didn't, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but even as an adult, I think we have all found ourselves like going back to that and our church family was fantastic growing up and, you know, we had the pleasure of my aunts, cousins, uncles, grandparents, all of them going to the same mm-hmm. church as well. Um, so that is a huge motivator in part of that. And I don't think we were ever, I mean, obviously Sunday, unless you were sick or out of town, you went to church. Mm-hmm. Kind of no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Do you do that with your kids now? We do go, yeah, unless we are sick or out of town. It is pretty rare that we don't go. Um, but my kids love Sunday school. Mm-hmm. They love going. And I think it's important, even if they're not at the age of being able to fully comprehend the lesson or the sermon, the adult sermon, um, it's important to get them used to going yeah. and know um, that they can talk to God like he's your friend. And that's been really a huge, a huge thing in our house. Um, and it's been great being home because I think we're a little more active. I had a church in West Virginia as mm-hmm. well, and I had to go church shopping yeah. is what I called it because they didn't have any of the same um, Lutheran churches like that I grew up mm-hmm. with. And so I did, I ended up going to an Episcopalian church. What is that? Um, I would say the way I would describe it is kind of a mix between <laughs> Catholicism and Lutherans. Okay. And so, but their service was so similar to Missouri Synod, which is what I was raised on. And so it was really comforting. And I, was so spoiled because I ended up finding such a good church family there mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so our Sunday school teacher, Miss Bobby, kind of adopted us. And um, sorry, she passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. And it was really hard. And she just adored Nora. And she had custody of her granddaughter. So we would get hand-me-downs from Reagan mm-hmm. like every few months. And they were. They were just a, a family. And I think it's important to have faith 
in general, kind of as a moral compass. Mm -hmm. Um, My ex-husband was actually raised Jewish. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we do both kind of in my household still. And so his dad's side is Catholic and his mom's Jewish, and he was bar mitzvahed and everything. And so we still light the menorah for Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Because to me, Jesus was a Jew. Mm -hmm. So I have no problem doing all of that. And I think I got used to the traditions of it while we were married. And it's an important part of who my children are, not just faith-wise, but Mm -hmm. bloodline, you know? (laughs) It's not just a religion. And so that has been really cool, but I think it's helped them understand even more so what happens in the Bible because you get to understand, um, like, what Shabbat was and a lot of their traditions and why they did things that way. And so my kids get to experience things a little differently. Mm -hmm. But I think, and it helps to explain some things. And they also ask questions like, Mom, why did God think it needed to snow that much right now? It's like, you know, I don't know. He's got a reason for everything. But it's also kind of great because I'm like, we don't have answers for everything. and. It's okay that they understand that. <laughs> but then you get to come up with some like fun answer to give them. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. thunder's absolutely angels bowling yeah. and things. So, yeah, you can definitely <laughs> you can definitely squeeze in some fun little right. facts, quote unquote. <laughs> then see how long it takes them to figure out mom was, yes. mom was just pulling the strings. Oh, absolutely. Like mom was lying this whole time. <laughs> like, uh, I was born, I was raised in the Mormon church and that didn't go over very well. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a very spiritual person. I, I, I like, I read a lot of spiritual things, mm-hmm. I guess, more or less. I'm not really associated with any religion, but we, Kendall and I used to go all the time when, after his mom and I split up and like, I really dove pretty hard into it. And then I started working seven days a week for, five years straight Mm -hmm. and I'd really fallen out of it. And like my wife now, she's like, we should probably get them back into it. You know, we'd probably be good for all of us, but you know, it's like the, like you said, shopping for a church, it's don't really know where to start. Right. You know, and like you, somebody like me walks into the Catholic church. I feel like I'd be offending people, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I do, I did, I lived pretty loose in my younger years. So my name is kind of associated with some stuff that I've really worked hard to change and mm-hmm. fix and grow up and mature. And there's still some people that believe that I'm, I'm still that same person. Right. So it's, I don't know, it's more so my internal battle, mm-hmm. you know, than it is more just like not caring. Right. Yeah. I, um, even in, I mean, college, I definitely did not attend church as often but that's when you're kind of going through I never went through like a huge crazy phase no no why not I I don't I don't know probably because you Um, actually had like a like a cornerstone of a family you had you had yeah I did you had the foundation already laid I did I also um you know I got to witness older siblings and stuff kind of go through that and being a middle child I think in some ways like you kind of learn from other people's mm-hmm. mistakes and whatnot. And going into college, you know, we were we were in Powell and our president was Mormon. You know, dry campus, like no. And yeah, then well, Powell had Powell had some good parties. I'm sure they did. <laughs> I'm I'm very sure they did. Um, but my ex husband was an RA in our hall, 
And so he wasn't allowed to get, you know, caught Uh at anything. He would have lost his housing and whatnot. And I'm a social butterfly. Don't get me wrong. I would like to say I'm an extroverted introvert (laughs) because I go, you know, I'll go and socialize and have a good time and then I need to recharge. Yeah. And I like quiet time. Yeah. But I do, I thrive more definitely on one-on-one good quality time. And I don't think like I went out to drink and stuff when I turned 21 and do those types of things as well. But I also like to just kind of be in control. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like I can't control you know, yeah. if I'm too drunk or what have you, that's not a good feeling for me. And so I've never really been driven to yeah. explore any of that too much or party too hard. And then I got married when I was 20 and we moved to West Virginia where I knew nobody mm-hmm. aside from my ex-husband's family. So that was a huge adjustment. So I didn't really make friends my first two years there. And so I was a homebody unless I went out with Scott and his friends and then we moved back home, and even then, all of my friends are pretty relaxed. We like game nights mm-hmm. and, you know, doing things together like that instead of going to the bar. And it's expensive. Well, you know, I'm 36. Like me and uh, my the guy that we I started this uh, media company with. Like we'll go to, like uh, I think it's Legends only just because they have uh, golden tea. So we'll go sit down and drink a pitcher, right. play golden tea, and then we're done. Yep. You know, let's we played our round. Let's go. Right. Like it's no I feel like it's no different than going playing nine holes of golf. Yes. But yeah. He, he's a he's a uh he lost his leg in a motorcycle accident. And so it like that playing golf is kinda a little rough on him. So right. we so we play golden tea and that's that's our going out. Like mm-hmm. even if me and my wife on date night, like uh, I'm a member of the Moose Lodge. Yeah. Uh I'm like, we'll go there and have a drink and we'll come home. That's, mm-hmm. you know, but at this age, there's no need to be at the bar. No, no. And I, especially as a parent, I mean, even though I am not even seeing anybody, I guess the, the mom guilt. Son of a, wrong button. I was trying to silence, I was trying to silence my watch. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> but, um, I think Sorry even the, the mom guilt kind of kicks yeah. in. And so I, I mean, I have them full time technically Mm -hmm. since their dad lives in West Virginia still. And so I feel like I don't get to spend as much time with them as I would like because I'm always working. Yeah. And so then even if I have the opportunity to go do something, even if it is just like happy hour with my friends for, and we mostly go for the food, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, I still have this like, Oh, I should be spending this quality time with my kids. And so it's hard to find that balance. Um, but I do, I'm, you know, I have an awesome family too that mm-hmm. helps out when I need it. And not everybody can say they have that. Right. And so it's, yeah, I, even now if I could, even when they're with their dad, I don't, I don't go too much. I get projects done around the house because well, I'm a strong independent woman. <laughs> I don't need no man. <laughs> um, you know, so I hang shelving <laughs> and recenter cabinets and paint walls and do landscaping. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that though. There, I mean, there really isn't. I, I, I think the world needs more of that kind of drive and focus. Yeah. I would like to say the projects get ended, like finished while they're gone. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not always. Well, <laughs> it it did take me a long time. I all I did was put mulch on either side of my walkway and stuff, 
and put papers down. It took me a couple months. Yeah. 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 Well, I have RA one. So doing like physical labor type things. It's great when I have a day that I'm feeling good and uh-huh. can do it, but then I pay for it right. for like a week after. So that kind of makes it slow going. And um, I have severe ADHD. So just started <laughs> getting help with that. And so starting projects is never a problem. It's finishing. But finishing projects. So now I'm trying to limit myself to things that I know I can get done in one day. Yeah. Yes. See, I, I was going to remodel this house. My wife's like, the hell you are. <laughs> no, we're not doing it. Well, we were without a kitchen for three months, and she, I was like, I was like, see, if I would have done it, we'd have had the kitchen in like a week. She's like, we'd still be without a we, kitchen. No, we we're, still wouldn't have one. years into it, and we still wouldn't have a kitchen. We'd be doing dishes out of the bathtub. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, um, yeah, no, I just, I'm chill. Wasn't like that in college, and I yeah. just, I just get to hang out and, read and work on photos and go crazy that I didn't get enough done during the week. Well, there's really nothing wrong. I like I working I'm, I'd be, as being a coal miner now, uh, my days off, I, I really take advantage of recharging on my days off and being more family oriented and spending time with my kids and spending time with my wife. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm really working on uh, trying to do that one-on-one time with them and make sure that I am all of me is given to all of them. Right. You know, and so it's, it's not a bad deal. It's not a it's bad not, thing. No. And I think even, you know, trying to get back to faith and whatnot, I think even church has helped us in that sense mm-hmm. because it is good time. And my grandma teaches the Sunday school class, which they love that their great grandma is their Sunday school teacher. And so it not only gives them time to like grow in their faith in that sense, but they also are getting that family. Mm-hmm good quality family time. And then they go with me to my Bible study every Wednesday, which is a whole group of people from different churches. And it's fantastic. And I love that they get to see the support in that and they enjoy going. Well, and, and it, it sets down like a, a good foundation for them as they grow and get older, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, I, with me being in the Mormon church, like it was one, it was shoved down my throat and like the way then the Mormon church operated, it was like doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. Or you're going to, you know. Fire and, and brimstone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then like, it just, it was a turnoff. Right. You know, there was, I had no desire to go do anything. Like my grandparents wanted me to go do a mission. And like they had the money set aside and like, we'll pay for our everything. Just go, please, would you do this? Um, can't do it. I don't, I don't, I don't have the same faith in the religion that you guys do Mm -hmm. you know there's there's not there's nothing there for me and if i go do this it's going to be i'm going to go off and do my own thing and not Mm -hmm. be doing what i should be doing and then you guys are really going to be mad right well and definitely growing up i think it's nice as you become even a young adult into and a parent um i've noticed that i take things differently and understand things differently Mm -hmm. now as an adult than I did even growing up. And so, like, biblically, what I was taught growing up, it doesn't mean the same thing now than it did then. Mm -hmm. And so that has been a good little adventure, I would say. Yeah. Is that, and with questioning it, you know, it's nice to do your own research and come to a better understanding. And I think it's always a growing process. Yeah. Continuously until 
until you die. <laughs> well, you know, people that are deep in their faith, uh, they seem to be a lot happier. Their families seem to be more structured. They seem to be a little bit financially better off, you know, mm -hmm. like th there's something to it. I mean, like all these people say, oh, God isn't real. Jesus isn't a real. It's just a. It's a book. You know. It's a story. Mm -hmm. you know, that's fine. But if you look at the quality of the people that are that are strong in their faith, like they seem to be happier in mm -hmm. in every aspect of their life. Yeah, they have bad days, but they have the tools to continue on and work through those bad days. Right. And, I, and I, like I think there's really something to that. And like. You know, like I'm saying this now and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, and then why aren't you taking your kids to church? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything happens at its own pace, though. And I'm a firm believer, as cliche as it sounds, I mean, God has a plan. Right. And everything works the way it's supposed to work. And even during my divorce and stuff, I mean, those were really hard times. Yeah. Um, but it did bring me a lot of comfort knowing that it wasn't going to stay like that forever. It wasn't going to hurt forever. Right. It wasn't, and it, it did. It took me, you know, well over a year to get to a good emotional health mm -hmm. and mental health um, that but, I'm at now. But you always knew that at the end of that tunnel, there's light, there's exactly, prosperity. Exactly, exactly. And because, you know, my family's the same way, and I have friends that prayed with me and prayed for me, mm -hmm. and it was, I never had to question i guess why things happened yeah because unfortunately bad things do just they do happen to everybody um and they're not always the same but it is faith absolutely played a huge part in getting over a lot of that and guiding guiding me and me knowing what to do and when to kind of let certain things go and so it has been a huge strength for growth right and then, you know, being married to somebody that, although he was raised Jewish, that wasn't even a problem for me at all, actually. You know, I would have loved that he <laughs> believed in Jesus, but right. it was more that he wasn't, had he been a practicing Jew and even more adamant in his faith, I think things would have actually been a lot better. Mm -hmm. But I think when you're in kind of limbo and don't have that, any type of structure or foundation, mm -hmm. it does make it harder to deal with things in a healthy way yeah. as well as address problems, whether it's within your marriage or family or work. And I think it is easier for people to, I guess, stray from a healthy lifestyle mentally, emotionally, physically. And so that was a hard thing to work around. And it's not like he wasn't supportive of me. I mean, we had my our kids baptized, um, and I spent, you know, I went to temple with his family for mm -hmm. high holidays. And but that again, that was really important to me was quality time with the family and understanding more because I loved learning about it, and it also helped me grow in my faith in mm -hmm. a way. And it just wasn't important to him. And so that was being married to somebody that didn't have the same what they would say is yoke. That's not made of the same yoke because yeah. it was really hard. And it took me a long time to not be ashamed, I guess, as a Christian that I got divorced. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I made a vow to God and right. I took that very seriously. He did not. <laughs> so, you know, again, it's, it depends on how you were raised. And I think even having, even if it's not the same faith, 
somebody that has a strong faith in general is going to succeed more in a lot of ways. Uh, Sometimes those molehills do turn into mountains. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, going back to it, being, having such a strong foundation in your faith and having the support system that you had, you know, like you, you were, you had the tools to get, turn that back into a molehill. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, again, the biggest one, I mean, my family obviously is wonderful. I love they, your mom and dad. <laughs> everyone loves my parents. I don't blame them. And we called our house the Hardy Halfway House because, you know, seven kids growing up, there was always extras. Yeah. Always. And so it was just, it was the house to have everybody stay over at and come to. And it was a safe space, yeah. which was great. And, you know. and, and your dad was a, was a phenomenal boss. Thank you. He was like, I, cause I, I, I was working there part-time during my divorce just to help make ends meet, mm-hmm. you know, and like he, he really took me under his wing and like made, made it, made working for him very enjoyable. Yeah. And I, I can't say that about a lot of people that I've worked for. Well, I haven't worked for a whole lot since I worked for my dad, but he, he left an impression on me. Like if I ever had a, a brewery or a bar or something like that, like he, I'd, I'd use him as a role model as mm-hmm. how to treat my employees and. Yeah, I, it's something that I really admire my parents for. Yeah. Um, they're fantastic, very caring, giving people, and they would adopt every little person and human that needed it. And, you know, even adults, my friends, I know can turn to my parents, mm-hmm. and I love that. It makes me feel so happy <laughs> that even friends that don't have good relationships with their parents or guidance or and it's you know my parents don't know everything either they've it's all trial and error for everybody as you grow up but they're always they're always a safe space to go to and they're very um they are sympathetic and empathetic and they just want to help they want to see everyone succeed and I think that's an incredible trait to have and I think they've really passed that down to all of us as well and so you don't really get much better role models. No, you don't. And my dad, um, I mean, he worked at the coal mine all growing up. So although it seemed like he was gone a lot, I never felt like that. Mm-hmm. I know my mom does, but she's, you know, she's the other parent. Right. So having to do stuff in that sense as a parent by yourself, it's definitely a different feeling. Um, but as a kid, I mean, Lauren and I and Isaac, we'd get home. My dad would have made cookies yeah. on his day off and we'd have a tea party. Or we would do family baseball nights or go two weeks camping. Or, again, they were very focused on spending that quality time and making sure that we did things together as a family. And then when we were really little, my dad, when he was on his four nights, (laughs) since there was before Adrian Garrett had moved in, it was, you know, the three girls. So each of us girls got one night to stay Mm -hmm. in my mom's room with her. And it was the best because even if it was a school night, you got to stay up and watch TV and have all of the yummy snacks and Mm -hmm. just get one-on-one time with mom. And then on his three nights, it was the boy's turn. And then that way she always got at least one night to herself that she didn't have to deal with anybody in her bed. And it was awesome. Yeah. And so they both are just so, such hard workers and such amazing people in that sense. And they, yeah, they are. Yeah, they, they're very good 
role models, I think. And and for anybody to ever say a bad thing about them, just needs punch in the mouth as hard as, hard as I could. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Your parents are are amazing. I like I just like I can't say enough good things about them for I mean especially how they treated me when I worked for them is just says a lot. Thank you. Yeah, I I could never say how like explain how spoiled we are. And right. I I can't. You know, and obviously they're my parents, so there's things that right. drive me nuts too and things I do that drive them bonkers right. and I still insist that I'm the favorite child. Yeah. To my Middle- dad. Middle child are normally Isaac, the favorites. Isaac is the number one favorite to my mom, and we all know it. So right. it's <laughs> Is that the oldest? Youngest. Oh. <laughs> He's the baby. Oh, that's true. Well, I'm the middle child, I guess, in a roundabout way, because there was four. There was, I have an older brother, older sister than me, then my little sister, and then my dad, uh, on his third marriage, had triplets. So that's oh. seven of us. So kind of sort of in a weird way I am the middle child but then you know I'm kind of more of the black sheep of the family yeah I kind of I go by the my own beat of the drum Mm -hmm. you know like my brother he's a very successful business owner uh my older sister I don't really talk to her much I don't know what's going on with her my little sister uh she's a teacher up in uh Eagle Butte South Dakota and like she's a very well liked teacher up there, and then there's me. Yeah, you know, I just never gone. This is what you're supposed to do. Stay on this path, and this is gonna. Yeah, just no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do Kyle. Right. I'm gonna go do Kyle things. And yeah. Do what Kyle <laughs> just, does best. Just do Kyle. I Lauren and you know I'm a twin, and so I am middle child by default of yeah. one minute, <laughs> one minute, and I do love to shove it in Lauren's face yeah. occasionally, even though we're thirty. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, I remember what I was doing when I was your age. <laughs> Tell her what I did a minute ago. <laughs> she hates it. Absolutely despises it. But she's my person. Yeah. I Again, in that sense, I was like really lucky. Because even if you're fighting with the rest of your siblings, you still had your twin. And we're so close. Like, she is my person. My literal other half. And I call her better mom. Yeah. She's, yeah. She helps me out a lot with the kiddos. And they just, and she's the fun aunt. She's the mm-hmm. favorite aunt. I'm brainwashing my youngest niece that I'm her favorite because yeah. it's my one time to shine. Okay. <laughs> and it's, I get to claim this one because she's the favorite for the rest of them. And I am claiming Lincoln. Right. I will be her favorite. And <laughs> Lauren is, yeah, she's, she's better mom. And I joke about it. And even my children joke about it. And yeah. I, I got her a father's day gift uh, and a card <laughs> and I crossed it out and put better mom. <laughs> and it's a, it's going to be a forever joke yeah. now. And I love it. But yeah, I, so in that sense, middle child, yes. Lauren and I are very different in a lot of ways as well. And I volunteered as tribute to go do a lot of things with my dad so I could get alone time with my dad because mm-hmm. I was such a daddy's girl, a tomboy. Fixing the car, you got it. I'm on it. Picking up hay, I'll go haying, even though it was awful. Right. I'll do it if it means I get to spend the day with dad. You know, that uh, I spent some time up in Illinois when I was working for uh, my machinery. And like when we talk about like, our summers as kids growing up, like we had to go do the haying. We, mm-hmm. we had to go pick up hay bills and stack them. And there was a certain way it had to be stacked because if you didn't do that, then it's going to mold. And then that, it's just a big old to do thing. And they're like, Why w- there's tractors for that. You know, up there, that's, they have all right. the, the, the heavy equipment. Right. I'm like, I was the heavy equipment. <laughs> we are know? the equipment. Yeah. <laughs> you got 10 cents a bill if you're lucky, you know? <laughs> and my grandpa, he would, 
put the uh, pickup in first gear, four wheel, four wheel, four wheel low. And if you didn't keep up, I mean, that's that's between you and Jesus. Yep. Um, you better better be sleeing some bells, and it better be landing right. The worst sunburn I got was from haying, and it literally started blistering. Yeah. <laughs> as I was, I think I was like nine, and I ended up having to sit in old blue, my grandpa's pickup, as we're going, and my sisters were just peeling the skin off as we waited <laughs> for my grandma to come get me. My mom felt awful about that one. But yeah, no, we we were the we were all the manual labor. Like, right. <laughs> I think that's why they have children here, is just to help out with all the projects. That, well, that, that's got to be a main driving it force. It has to be it. a main driving force. Like, it's, 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 why would you do that? Just get a tractor. I don't, you guys, come spend a summer with us and right. we'll, we'll talk. Right. You know? <laughs> and it's surprising that we don't have more like Division One body football players coming out of Campbell County just because that's what we do. Right. I know. Yeah. I, I think that's an awesome thing about growing up where we, are though is I think that drove a lot of our work ethic mm -hmm. for sure. Well, Camel County and Gillette, like you know, I have been quite a few places just because of my work, the type of work I do. But Gillette is like one of is a very it's a weird community. Our community is very strange. Like when you start yes. dissecting it, but it's a it's a fun community. Mm -hmm. You know, there because there's there's a lot of diversity here, even though people don't want to admit it. That you know that you've got. You got the hippies, you got your stoners, and you've got the people that like to go party, and then you got your religious people, and, and you got your stay-at-home hermits, and you've right. got, you know, there's somebody here for everybody. Yes. It's, it's a very big melting pot. It is. Absolutely. Yeah, and after living, you know, in West Virginia where I was at, we were so close to Pittsburgh and Columbus because mm -hmm. we were in the upper panhandle. And it was great because the town we were in was actually pretty similar-sized population-wise, um, to Gillette. But because you're so close, it seems like you're just surrounded yeah. by people. And in that sense, I think there are a lot more opportunities um, for like more family-friendly events mm -hmm. and things, which I think for our size and where we're at in Wyoming, Gillette does great. Um, I think we have a lot more opportunities than some other towns do and events and things that come in. But I was... I got to experience, you know, all of the outdoor camps for kids and stuff out there and all these fantastic things <laughs> that we don't get over right. here. Um, more of a city life, I guess, in that essence, that you have this whole list of things that you can choose from to do. But it's also, even though there was more people, it really was, you could see a very big division between the middle to lower class mm -hmm. and the upper class. There was a very large divide um, and you were either one or the either. And I think that was very distinct living over there. Um, and you could definitely see how the opportunities were different depending on where you were at there. Yeah. Whereas Gillette, I feel like the opportunities are very equal no matter where you're at, social class mm -hmm. or anything like that. And Well, it, it's... Uh it's a it's a jobs in this community yes. that you know uh, I was, had a uh, Kristen Rathay on a couple of weeks ago, and we we were talking about the exact same subject. And somebody could come to town, not have a pot to piss in, and by the end of the year they could have they could have their own home, mm -hmm. you know, a brand new vehicle. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's very obtainable here in, in Campbell County, and you don't get that anywhere else in the world. It is, and I will say I've not seen. 
I don't think people will focus quite as much on how close knit our community is, mm-hmm. um, but it is. I, you know, people can put out feelers for okay. I have this family. This happened. They need this, this, and this. And the amount of people will be like, oh, I've got you. Whole new right. kitchen set, done. Oh, I have these clothes. I don't need. Here's some furniture. And even if it's not just a specific family or supporting businesses, our community is very tight knit and always willing to jump in, I think. Well, you know, like people always talk about how, uh, how rough our community is, but people wise. But, you know, I think once you are actually in our community, you just, you're like, that's complete bullshit, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it's just like you're saying, I, I've. I've pushed more people out of buried snowdrifts and helped them out, and I've received help from just changing my tire on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody always, always stops. Hey, bud, do you need a hand? Hey, I got, right. I got a, I got a cordless impact. Well, that'll make your life easier. Let's, let's get this done real quick. You know, it's negative thirty degrees outside, and yes. you're sitting there shivering like a dog shitting razor blades. Right. And somebody pulls over, and they're right there to help you. Yeah, I you know? I learned that that's not how it is um, right. in other places. Well, in some other places, you do that, you're going to get shot. That's just Rob. it. So we were driving home from a New Year's Eve party, and we had gone into Pittsburgh. Um, from one of my ex-husband's friends lived there. And I had never been into Pittsburgh yet. And we were leaving, and there was, like, a car pulled over, two guys outside. And I start slowing down, and Scott was like, what are you doing? I was like, well, do they need help? Like, do they need help mm-hmm. changing a tire? Did they break down? Like, what can we do? My first thought is like, oh, no, they need help. He was like, Devin, do not stop. Whatever you do, just keep driving. It is 3 in the morning. Right. We are not stopping for anyone. I'm like, okay. So you definitely realize how, number one, safe our community typically is. And not everyone is, that's not the attitude. And right. especially city-wise, I think that's a pretty common it's not quite as helpful. Yeah. Helping well, your neighbor, knowing your neighbor. Well, like in like people that are moving in from out of, out of state, you know, like I've, there was one lady from Texas, front wheel drive vehicle or a rear wheel drive vehicle here and it's snowing. I'm like, she's cannot make it up the hill. I'm like, pull over, stop what you're doing. Let me help you. You know? Yep. And she's like, she, she kind of panicked when I, you know, kind of got in front of her, slowed down and made her stop. And she, and I got out, walked her car and I was like, let me help you out. I said, I understand you're not from here. It's like, there's this other route. So you don't have to go up this hill. Mm -hmm. You know, the, what is that? Uh, Lakeway. Yeah. Going up by the school. I was like, take this other route. You can get the exact same spot. No hill. And you know, she's, I'm sorry. This is just not, I'm used to this. You know, I was like, Oh no, it's, it's snowing. I have family that lives in Texas. I I get it. You guys have light, uh, don't have full coverage up this part of the country. You got to have full coverage insurance to drive. You know, and she just kind of chuckled. She's like, no, I've just never had anybody stop, help me out, give me directions without ever, you know, something else in t- with an attention. You know? Right. I'm like, well, here you're going to get a lot, you know, somebody sees you struggling, they're going to stop because we know what's going to happen if you continue at it. You know, we yeah, don't want to exactly. tear our vehicles. We don't want you killing nobody. You know, so you're, you're going to get lots of help. Yes. I, when I, even in West Virginia, I mean, they don't get quite the accumulation of snow. Mm-hmm. And whatnot there typically, but they do get ice storms. Right. Um, and I was nannying for some really good friends of mine now, and they lived down this lake hill. And there was a, a little bit of a snowstorm. She was from Miami. Oh. And she gets home and she goes, Devin, I think you're gonna have to stay the night. And and I drove a little Chevy Sonic. Yeah. Like a little you know front wheel dr- yeah. drive car. Like there was, 
It, it couldn't handle much, but I'm looking at it. And I was like, uh, no, I should be able to get out. I should be fine. No, no worries. And she goes, oh no, I, like maybe you should call Scott. And I think you're just going to have to stay the night. And I'm thinking there is no way in this green earth. I'm not sleeping in my bed tonight. <laughs> um, come hell or high water, I will make it up your little hill. Yeah. And it's, it is just funny to see when you're not used to it, how right. people react to some of the weather changes. Uh, you know, with the amount of people that are moving in, I think we're going to, tire cells are going to go through the roof. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm glad that people are finding that we're a good space to move to. Right. Well, I'm kind of excited but, to see what that brings for our community, you know, businesses definitely. and different opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's always nice to get an outside perspective for a lot of those mm-hmm. things, especially when bringing in new businesses and whatnot. Um, cause you know, again, even just living somewhere else, I think you recognize some of those things that could be brought to your own hometown. Well, like, uh, you're, I mean, more or less you're a business owner. Uh, what, what made you decide to go into photography? So I actually was like a copycat to my older sister. Okay. Um, because I just thought she was the coolest and she was going for photography originally when she started college And I ended up falling in love with it. Mm -hmm. And a big motivator as well was Mr. Waldem, the teacher. He actually went to Northwest where I went to school as well as Reed Ballard, um, you know, my art teacher in high school. And they were both huge motivators in pursuing something like that as well as Northwest has such an amazing program. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not just going to get, it's not just like an art degree, not saying those aren't useful, um, but it was an applied science and, it gave me an opportunity to be creative and create imagery and understanding the history of photography was really cool to me um, and how it's progressed and understanding the science behind it was a lot of it. And I do love that it's something everybody needs. I mean, everyone wants photos. You want it. And it's something that's going to forever like last is Mm -hmm. you're always going to want to document those big life events and, and not just off someone's phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not, I mean, sculptures are great, but it's something that people have to have essentially mm-hmm. at this point, which is phenomenal. I think that's like the coolest thing. Like, oh, I'm getting a job. Everybody needs pictures. Everybody right. wants pictures. And I love portraiture and I like making people feel happy about themselves. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big one. And I get really excited when I'm like, oh, you look fantastic and getting to capture Cause I don't think everyone always recognizes how wonderful they are. Mm-hmm. And if I'm able to bring that to light to them a little bit, then I've done a good job. But, uh, so is that, is photography like one of your biggest passions then? I would say it's one of them. I'm definitely one of those people that would probably have like 10 careers if I could. Oh, absolutely. They do those standardized tests. And yeah, I said I would have like seven. I'm not shocked by that at all. Um, I really wanted to be a lactation consultant at one point for breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Because that was, that one's a huge interest to me as well. Because like the human body and being a mom and nursing like it's just phenomenal the science again behind it as well as like that's how god made us like he made us to create everything that our children needed and to me that's the coolest thing and even if it's not the mom's goal i think it's important for moms to have a 
a good support system and to have the knowledge and not have somebody that's like, you cannot formula feed, you can't, you know, breast is best because that's not my attitude at all. And I was lucky enough to have somebody, um, Hannah, which she is an IBCLC now, she was at the WIC office when I had Nora and she was a huge help and she was a huge motivator for me because I was able to have somebody that was a great support system, one, and even if she didn't have an answer for it, the lengths she would go to learn more about the subject or whatever issue I was having to help me is like the type of person I strive to be. You just, you, you attract some really good people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yes. And so she was a good motivator for that one. I love, I don't know. I just, I think I get bored one if I'm Mm going to do something all the time and not have a creative outlet. Yeah. I, and even projects, I just like completing things and I like being independent and learning things. Mm -hmm. And I mostly, and I like to say that I tried something as part of it. Like, I want to try that. I want to know how it works. There's definitely some things that I'm like, I would never do that. I won't. Um, Like mechanic, I can fix general things in my own vehicle, Mm -hmm. but I am not going to tinker and mess up my car. Right. So, yeah, it's definitely a passion for sure, but not something I would ever want to do full time. It really would just kind of suck the joy out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, money is not the motivator. Like, it's, it really is just making people feel good and creating art. Well, I mean, that's, that's not a bad thing to, right. I, I look at it like that, you know. So, we're going to, got a couple more for you. What is your greatest accomplishment to date, not including kids? Oh, I like that you ixnade kids on that. Well, good, every, good call, because they're all like my children. Well, you know, and that's that would be the generic answer. It, so it I, would I be, be. Um, my greatest accomplishment. I honestly would probably just say my mental and emotional health that I'm at today. Because it took, I mean, you know, obviously divorce was hard. Things that led up to the mm-hmm. divorce were hard. But I was not, I didn't realize how unhappy I was for so long. I didn't realize how much I had given up of things that I enjoy doing or learning about um, in order to try to make somebody else happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously everyone is going to be willing to do that for someone that they love or care about. Right. And it's important to do sacrifice some things because it's you, it can't be all give and take but I have come to know myself a lot better. And I've also learned a lot of what I will and won't tolerate. Put, yeah, tolerate in any type of relationship or um, even a work environment. And I'm really proud of myself for that. And it took a lot. Like I was at a low. I, you know, on antidepressants and going to therapy. And even then I felt like there was no end in sight. And I have grown a lot and learned to place boundaries better as well as, um, and I think it also, it does make me a better parent Mm -hmm. because I want my children to have those same tools growing up. And so that would definitely, 
literally like self growth is probably my biggest accomplishment right now. That's a, that I've never heard anybody say that it's always, you know, my career or, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I awesome. love my job. Don't get me wrong. I do. I get to help people find jobs and it's fantastic. I really, really enjoy my job, but I, none of that brings the same fulfillment, I right. guess, as healing yourself. No, that, that's an amazing answer. That's a, uh, that, that wouldn't have been my answer. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, uh, I like that. Thanks. I really do. And then everybody, you know what? I think everybody needs to take a step back and kind of do a quick self, self look in the mirror, mm-hmm. like some, uh, self, uh, reflection. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm still working on words. You think as much as I talk into a microphone, I have <laughs> words, but it's trying to read and listen. And right. Words. And you're just like, uh, yeah, some, some self reflection that would go a long ways. You know, I think that'd get rid of a lot of the hate and anger that people have towards mm-hmm. other people. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, forgiveness is always a big one that I'm working on. <laughs> and that one, it's, it's you know, it does depend. It's like a roller coaster. Right. And <laughs> we were talking about it with my therapist or counselor, and she's an angel. She's one of my good friends now. And it's our sessions are also faith-based, but she <laughs> literally was able to like, Oh, here's this Bible verse. It talks about forgiveness. I'm like, mm, you're really calling me out right now, aren't you? And then the next Sunday, that's what the sermon was about. And I'm like, listen, God, I understand, but I'm not ready to work on this right now. And um, But no, it does. And I think it's a constant learning curve, and I'm doing great in that aspect now. And I think it's just made it more apparent that you can get over and work through things, even if it takes three years like this did, um, there's always room for growth and it's, you, you can be happy and healthy even when things are in pure chaos. Right. You know, we still go getting over sick kids or job changes or financial struggles. Those are always going to be there. There's always going to be something. It's never just going to be a clear shot. No, if it was, it'd be boring. Exactly. Exactly. And my mom um, used to always tell me that, like, I'd always complain about, oh, you know, I got too much, I got too much. And she'd always tell me, God would never give you a plate that size and think and not overflow it. So just be grateful, oh. patient. Yeah. How that saying goes. I hear that he never gives you more than you can handle. Yeah, that. To me, that is just simply not true. I think he gives you a lot that you can't handle. And I think it's so that you can turn to him one and as well as rely on your friends and family and that you don't have to do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like no one has to do and struggle on their own. And it's weird that people choose to. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of it maybe because they're ashamed or I had a hard time asking for help. I still kind of do. Mm -hmm. I'm still very independent in that aspect. But I also have friends and family that are like, um, I know you're not asking, but I'm doing this for you because Mm -hmm. you need help. And so, you know, luck again that I I wouldn't call great people. I I wouldn't call that luck. God just placed the perfect people in my life to help where needed. Yeah, but you know, you have the personality that attracts a certain type of people, you know, and not a whole lot of people can say, you know, like I have some of the best friends in the world. Like I have one 
best friend and that's it, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, and like, I can, I can rely on him, you know, I, I'd, I'd give my life to, to save his, right. You know, but I've never, I've never attracted that kind of people my whole life. You know, it's always, of course, but then again, I, you know, being raised the way I was raised and the type of people I was around as an eight year old mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like the people I, I wanted to be around weren't the greatest people because right. that's, those were my role models. You yeah. know, those were the type of guys that I aspired to be because, you know, the way that everything looked, mm-hmm. you know, but, but like people like, <clears throat> like you in particular, just being able to, I don't know, read a person and be like, eh, stay away. Nope. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on in. You can come into my circle. Right. You know, that that's, there's not a whole lot of people in this world that can do that. And that's something to brag about, you know, to be excited about that. Thanks. You know, there's, yeah, I've screwed up a couple of times with so-and-so, but still batting almost a thousand. Right. That, that's almost impossible to say for most people. I think I like to just force people to like me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I, I decided we're friends, so we're we're gonna yeah. stay friends. Um no, I'd like to say it's like that. Making again, making friends in West Virginia. I didn't until I had Nora right. when I was in mops and was around mops, but that's because it, I was finally around people that, you know, same same interests and yeah kind of daily life. Whereas when I was 20 and 21, those were the people that were, they already had their friend base there and mm-hmm. they were going out and partying and doing all of those things. And that was never, so it, it took, it takes me a while to form a, a close friendship. But once you're stuck with me, you're stuck with right. me for, for life. No, there's nothing wrong with that. So I, yeah, I not excluding my twin sister cause she's on a whole other level than everyone else. It's just how it is. She's, she, again, she's my person. Um, but I'm blessed to have four very, very close friends and one childhood friend. And I talk to her once every few months. Yeah. But my kids call her auntie and she is the polar opposite of me. Like complete polar opposite. And, but I know that if I called her and she's in New York, she would come here if right. I needed it. I know, you know, I, do form very strong relationships with people. And I, it does make it a little harder when that relationship may fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and then I feel like a failure. But it, um, yeah, I would say I don't know many people that have such a solid circle. But right. I mean, my friends, well, my parents, you know, we would go camping every summer and it would be the same, their same friends every summer that we would do a week-long camping trip mm-hmm. with. My brother still has some the same group of friends from growing up. Um, and so I think we all are very, you know, focused on creating really intimate bonds because mm-hmm. I'd rather have a few that I could go to war with than right. a so, bunch that I can't count on. <laughs> see, and I, I, never, I never gained that, you know, that that ability to form a bond with, with people, mm-hmm. you know, besides, you know, my kids and my wife, but you know, like, um, being raised in a welding shop, all them years, you had people came and left. So, you know, like there'd be certain guys that were working for my dad at the time that I really, really liked and mm-hmm. loved hanging out with and seeing, I'd get excited to go to the shop and see, you know, help them build whatever they're doing. And then the next day he had to fire him, you know, so right. it's kind of like, I'm not going to get everyone's coming and going. Yeah. yeah. You know, in that industry, it's very, the turnover rates extremely high. Right. You know, so it just kind of, 
put that shield around myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was just like, just quit getting attached. Right. You know, like I don't talk to any friends from high school anymore. You know, people that I was extremely close with and would have get laid down my life for them. I don't 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 even have their phone number no more. Right. I, I know their high school phone number. Yeah. <laughs> right. Still have it memorized. Yeah. I've got their cell phones and their home phones and I know exactly where they lived and you know, all that. But nowadays I couldn't probably pick out any of them at the grocery right. store. Yeah. I, I think I am close with two and even my one friend, Savannah, she's my earth angel mm-hmm. is what I call her. Everyone needs a Savannah in their life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. she's too good for this world. She really is. And she and I were in cheerleading together. She graduated a couple of years behind me. Mm-hmm. And even then we were not like super close friends. We ended up working at the same clothing boutique that I was managing. And one of her bridesmaids couldn't make it. And I ended up being a stand-in bridesmaid for her. And even then we weren't like super, super close. Mm-hmm. And I was very pregnant with Nora at the time. And she has turned into like my sister. And I don't... I don't know what I would do without that friendship, but, and then I have Nora Marie. Yeah. And she's from, we've been friends since we were like six. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> it really is a sibling love um, because I don't know how else we would have ever gotten along when we were younger if we didn't just love each other like sisters <laughs> because it was very different. <laughs> and she is loud and so incredibly intelligent and my oldest, Nora, is just like her. Yeah. And she's only met her once. Huh. And that's nuts. But again, you know, I could call her and she'd be right there. Right. And they call her Auntie Nora and leave her voice video calls and mm-hmm. messages. And it's fantastic. And I don't, everyone else I hung out with, ish, in high school, I don't. Yeah. Nope. There's a couple that I kind of keep in contact with and. I, I'm not even going to my high school reunion. I don't care. Uh, they tried to throw one for us. Did they? Mm. What year did you graduate? 10. 10. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that just COVID. <laughs> darn the luck. <laughs> oh, darn. Um, yeah, they did attempt, and I took the kids to the, the park one so they could play and whatnot. There was, a, I think, 10 of us. Yeah. yeah no, I'm good. I didn't I, even go to the senior party. I... You know, when I was a senior, I was very yeah. much not, for as many things as I was in, I was not super social. <laughs> I, I think, like, high school reunions are kind of becoming a thing of past now that Facebook's yeah here. Yeah. And it's, I don't want this to sound mean, but I don't mind catching up with somebody if I run into them. Right. But I'm not going to go out of my way to spend a whole weekend just to know what other people are doing. Right. I don't because, really care. No. It's no, not, nothing I mean, them. I wish I just, them all well. Right. I hope they're all doing great. And it's exciting that we all are adults and have kids and right. careers and whatnot. But in that sense, it's I like my, my close-knit circle. Right. Well, then again, everybody has to post pictures of right. their, what's going on. Yeah. The yep. food they're eating and the vacations and... All the things. For somebody that has to use Facebook and Instagram so much, I absolutely hate it. I will say I mostly use it because of like photography mm-hmm. and because my, you know, my in-laws are all East coast yeah. and I'm, I am extremely close with my ex-husband's fr- uh, family and I still call his mom, mom, like they're one amazing people. Right. And I, you know, I just 
lost him, I still kept the rest of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's not too bad being able to pick and choose, though. It's not. It's not. And I am so incredibly blessed that they are so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And also, it's important, again, for me, family ties and all of that, that my kids get to maintain a really close relationship with them, or at least as close as we can with being so far away. Right. And unfortunately, you know, social media is how a lot of them keep up with what we're doing. Not like I post a lot, but right. um, it is helpful and beneficial. It also has its like huge cons, you know, divorce. I'm like, I'm sure everybody is totally questioning why I just changed my last name back and <laughs> why this is going on. So I finally was like, okay, yep, getting divorced. Thanks. Please leave us be. <laughs> and it's, it is like all of your business is out in the open. And even if you're not posting it, people are picking up on stuff right. just because of social media. And it's that's strange. That's why I just stick to memes. I, I find something oh, funny. Yes. I'm just like, yeah, yeah somebody else. It really gonna... is a good way to go. It's a safe bet. Right. That, and then I do occasional updates on the kids. And that's kind of it. Or like when Violet was in the hospital with RSV. Yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah, that sucked. That poor child has just been through the ringer this year with sickness. Oh, I mean, they're little kids. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Hers was, she she got RSV, and then we got out, and then the kids got hand, foot, mouth. Have you ever had to that, deal that, with that? That is the, I don't oh. care who you are or what you say, <laughs> hand, foot, mouth is the most painful three days of your <laughs> it's life. It's worse. And ours lasted for weeks, and they lost their toenails, oh. so their feet peeled, and that was last year. This year, we got it, and luckily it was very short-lived. But she got it literally the week after having RSV oh, and man. pneumonia. And then she got another upper respiratory infection and got croup. And so I had to take her back in to get steroids and all the things. And, you know, she has a heart condition as well. So certain medications we have to avoid. Right. And it can make it a little harder. And you get, I mean, there's really no need to be as concerned probably. But as a parent, you still get more worried. Right. With stuff like that. So but she's that- great. Everyone's doing great. We're all <laughs> knock on wood. Still alive. We are. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So figure out the rest. Uh-huh. Yeah. So social media is great for updating family on that front. Yeah. So I don't have to text a million and one people. I have my my uh my grandma finally just figured out uh group chat. Oh. Group text. I hate group chats. And like my mother is not the most text savvy in the world <laughs> and so she'll be ha- them two will be having a conversation in this group text yep and i like i try to get out of it but i can't get out of it because my grandma started it yes and so i can't remove myself well and then if it's like a few iphones and a samsung then you can't and all of the rules it's it's too much and i think we <laughs> we probably have like 10 different group chats just amongst the siblings we do have a just siblings one mm-hmm. that one's my favorite we also have a, a sibling snapchat and I think my mom is a little jealous of it because we'll send things and be laughing all sitting yeah. in the living room. She was like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, nothing, mom, it's the sibling chat. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, this is not for your eyes. <laughs> uh, I've sent, my mom has started texting me before. I'm like, can this, can we do this over a phone call? Right. Just get it done and over with because I know how this is going to go. So just I'm very me. much a phone call person. So am I. And like, it's so weird. People are like, can it be done in a text? Mm-mm. No. Sorry. Nope. Like when me and my wife first got married, like there was a few rocky points. Like she'd want to pick fights through, or shouldn't say pick. We'd have arguments. 
through text. And I'd be like, I'm not doing this. I, I can't <laughs> right. do this. It's either where you're going to wait till I get home or you're going to answer your phone. I said, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to. Well, and so, I mean, just the inflection in someone's voice or tone or, you know, exclamations, it makes such a huge difference on how yeah. things are taken. And so it's either you're using a ridiculous amount of emojis to convey your message <laughs> accordingly. Well, I'm not Egyptian, so I can't read hieroglyphs. And I, I'm terrible, and I will read a text or a message, and then I'll respond in my head, and then I don't respond for like weeks. And they'll be like, oh my goodness, I never texted them back. I am so sorry. I'm the worst. Phone call is the way to go yeah. for me. And my friend Savannah and I always call each other like when we're running errands mm-hmm. on Bluetooth. Because we're like this, we know this is our downtime. We'll be like, okay, hey, I'm going to this. I've got 15 minutes. And we'll just kind of catch each other up right. for the week or a few days. And it's fantastic. And sometimes, even though we live in the same town, we have three hour long phone calls yeah, huh? after the kids are in bed. But I get so much more done. I clean my kitchen while I'm on the phone tour. <laughs> I do that. I'm way more productive when yeah. I have another person, even if it's just their voice. And no, phone calls are the way to go. Absolutely. Hands down. And they can be short, sweet, to the point, and you're done. Well, no going back and forth, waiting for a response. Well, well my my wife, she's pretty long-winded. I'm like, <laughs> can we... You're like, can we shorten this a little bit? I, I got Condense. things going on right now. Let's move <laughs> this along. <laughs> I could have just texted it to you. Then I'd have to stop and read it and then think of response. And I know, like, because like I said, I read things in a very monotone. Right. Dry. And I know her and her brain is going, he said, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's just like, yeah, get get it done and over with. Are you on your way home? Okay. I'll see you when you get home. Love you. Bye. But, but, but love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. But, But nope. Love you, bye. Click. My grandma will text, um, and she is great, but I'll answer a question sometimes, and I don't know if it's, if you put too much information, I feel like some people don't always get the whole thing of what you sent, so I'm like, I am just going to call you. It will be so much faster if I just call you and go over this. Right. And Lauren, twin sister, you can't send her to the store, and if you text her a list, you can't do more than one text. So it's better to just do one list and then you'd make a phone call to follow up verbally. <laughs> so there's so many things that can go wrong with text. <laughs> See, we, we do, uh, we're all Apple in our family, but like uh, the the notes, like we, our, oh, yeah. the notes is like, that's, we optimize that. Like my wife will make a grocery list because I'm out and run around town and she'd be like, sent the note, sent you out, you're picking up groceries. Fair oh, enough. that's handy. But, you know, like, I'll do the same thing to her. She's out running around. I don't want to leave the house. Check your notes. Right. That is that is smart. My family is very split on Android and Apple. See. And it makes it a little hard. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I always made the joke that uh, if I see a green bubble, I'm going to call you a poor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not trying to be a jerk or anything, but, like, uh, but my wife decided we were switching from Samsung to an Apple mm-hmm. and I was 1700 miles away right. from, from home and like phone's not working. So I get on my, you know, tablet, try to figure out what's going on, open up the door and there's a package, your new phone, it's Apple. I'm like, Oh, perfect. Pick my phone up, turn it on. You know, all my contacts, everything were already yeah. sent, sent over to it. And I called her and say, Hey, you know, a little heads up would have been great. Right. <laughs> Kinda, <laughs> 
just a little bit of a notice. Right. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I, I FaceTime is the biggest one because yeah. I'm like, I have to either video call you through Messenger or Snapchat or Skype. Oh, that's so annoying. And I'm like, just I just want to be able to hit the FaceTime button. Right. First world problems. Exactly. For sure. Absolutely. But um, you know, Scott's grandma, Fern, mom mom, she has an Android. And so I had to walk her through how to video call through other things. And it is, it's, it would be so much easier for everybody at the same, same thing. Yeah. See, like my boys, they both have Android. They have Samsungs, old, old Samsungs. And they should rebut them the new iPhone, whatever, 13 or whatever number we're mm-hmm. on now. And like I was telling my wife, it's like, now we all will have the same bubble. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be great. All uniform. <laughs> yeah, I, and like, I can't, like, my text message screen, like, if, if at the end of the day, everything except for my conversation with my wife and my, my, my friend Mike, I wipe everything else out of my text messages. I don't yeah. save anything. No. And my, that drives my wife bonkers. I do because I'll know that there's a little bit of information somewhere in there, and then I can just search, and it'll bring up all of the messages with that word in it. And I'm like, see, I knew I had this information somewhere. Nah, if it's that important, I'll text you again. Oh, that, I mean, that's fair. That is fair. I also, I think I just share too many, like, photos and yeah. and things, random things. Then I'm like, I don't, we'll keep it. Or little texts, like, you know, inspirational texts or motivation from friends. Or I do, like, I also hold, keep voicemails, though. Uh, nope. I absolutely do. Um, And part of it, like I have one from my grandma, Hardy, and she lives in Legacy. I don't, I haven't been able to see her in a few months just because we have been sick Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And um, it's just her saying, hi, Debbie Sue. I just wanted to call and say, hi, I love you. This is grandma. And for me, some of those little voice clips are just, or my grandpa being a turd and being like, hey, do you uh, know how to answer your phone? Uh, well, it's Papa. Call me. Love you most. Bye. And that's it. Like some of it is just funny or funny ones from my parents or no, um, I mean, those I keep, little, I, I, those. I do get sentimental about stuff like that. I, I keep those. It's just everything else. See, but know. then like cards, I will keep one from like each year from somebody. So I have like something with their handwriting. Um, but otherwise I don't, I don't care about like birthday cards. The only thing I'm, I'm really particular about like anytime we go to a movie or amusement park like when we do you keep the ticket i do you do (laughs) i keep the tickets and like uh we went to st louis and went to the st louis zoo and i have all of the tickets yeah the map and everything else still saved it's just i don't know like we're like it seems like society is becoming like more possessionist you know that nobody wants to go have experiences Mm -hmm. anymore and like you know this year for christmas we didn't go all out for our kids. Uh, right. You know, we're going to take them to go do something. You yeah. Know? We, we asked for experiences yeah. from family members and I was like, even a gift card for the bowling alley or right. a movie theater or to do an art class. I said, that is way more valuable to us than more stuff that doesn't even get played with at the time. You know, and like at that age, it's just going to get played a couple of times and we're on to the next cool story. Yes. Yeah, and I also have a very small house, and I don't have a lot of storage for that right. stuff. One. And two, I do just enjoy getting to do go do things with mm-hmm. them and them get to learn new things and have those experiences. That's really important to me. Yeah, that's 
I don't know. I, you know, that might have been the way I was raised, but or the generation as I was raised in. Mm-hmm. You know, you got like we grew up. You got one gift from you know one gift from Santa Claus, one gift from mom and dad, and then the family got a big gift. Mm-hmm. That was it. Three things. That's all. That you know. Yeah, I um, I don't. I never felt like my parents went too crazy, ever. And a lot of the times it was, they typically always included something you needed, like a new outfit, yeah. like, or, um, and as adults, I love Christmas as an adult. Cause I'm like, Oh, a new drill. Of course. <laughs> yes. My dad got me a drill last year. Greatest thing ever. My mom got me a new toolbox with like all the household tools that yeah. you would need. Cause I realized moving into my own place after divorce and when I didn't have any of that. Right. And I, some of that's great. I love practical gifts. Yeah. So in that sense, it's fantastic. And, but doing stuff with my kids, I, we, yeah, we limit, I do limit and they get so much from everyone else. Right. And then my parents are also really supportive as well of like, well, what do they need? Mm -hmm. Or they will get things that match what I got them. And so that's awesome. And Scott's parents are fantastic with it as well. So that's helpful, but right. No, it is. It's very materialistic now. And I don't think that's how we were raised either. And so that's probably why I'm like, it's all just junk. It's like that I become quite, my wife calls me the Grinch because like at Christmas time, I, I don't know, like I like the fam, my family being together. I like mm-hmm. going to see the Christmas lights. I like going and getting hot chocolate, putting a little Bailey's in there maybe. Right. And, you know, and that kind of stuff. But like, you know, my wife every year, what do you want for Christmas? Nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't want a damn thing. Right. You know, and it, it's not because I'm trying to be mean or I don't care. It's I, throughout the year, I have a bad problem of going, oh, shiny new thing. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so it comes in at the end of the year and you're like, what do you want? Nothing. That's because we're adults with adult money and we do have the opportunity right. now yeah. to like, oh, I need this and you can just go get it. You, if you want to do something nice for me, go put gas in my work car. Right. You know, that, that, right. That, that, other than that. I would detail Scott's car for his birthday. I would clean it out and fill it with gas and like scrub it, like Q-tip clean it and stuff. But again, acts of service are huge. Like love language gifts, not at all. They're like probably um, like the lowest one on mine. They're great. And I love sentimental things and appreciate when people put a lot of thought into things because that's how I am with gift giving. Mm -hmm. But I, I would much rather spend the afternoon with you. Right. Or if you help. Gosh, my friend's coming over to help me clean my house. <laughs> Made me cry, you know. <laughs> See, like I'm like on my birthday, I just want to be left the hell alone. Right? You're like, you I know, just I'm, need a day by myself. I just want to float in my pool. <laughs> have me, have me a few cocktails, and just listen to my podcast. Leave me alone. Don't come looking for me. Yes. If you don't hear from me for about six hours, I probably drowned. <laughs> Other than that, like something happened. You know, we're good. Just then leave be me alone. concerned, right? You know, and like my love my wife to death, but you know, it's. She's she's very opposite of what I you know who I am like uh, with the gifts and mm-hmm. everybody's got to have this and that and that and I'm just like who why right the, the Christmas is in holidays where you know presents are supposed to be handed out it shouldn't be about the presents it should be about the time with your family and being able to sit down and enjoy a meal like if someone for Christmas wanted to buy me a prime rib roast so I can smoke it so we could all eat it for Christmas dinner I'd be awesome with that right, right. you know but that. I, I want to, I want the experience of my family. I want mm-hmm. my family, you know, but like on my birthday, I just leave me alone. I'm old. Yeah. I'm getting old. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was the hardest thing moving away, not being near my family. And, you know, because Scott's, his mom and all of them were Jewish. 
we would celebrate Hanukkah and whatnot, but that falls on a different time every year. And it was really hard for me for Easter and Christmas because I was so used to having that family time. And, um, you know, obviously the faith part of it is big. Like that's the reason we celebrate them. Um, but I was so used to having even just my immediate family is so big that not having that was really sad. And I, I would have taken that over anything, any gifts. I, yeah, it is, it is, it's just the quality time. I think as you get older, like you start to understand like how important that stuff is. You know, Mm -hmm. like I said, it's not, it's not a secret that my family and I aren't very, well, my family's not a very close knit family. Mm -hmm. So getting this all together is like an act of God. Right. You know, it's either a funeral, a wedding, or, you know, that's about it. Mm-hmm. That's the only time you'll, well, everyone will be under one roof. And like, I always tell my mom and I tell my dad and, you know, it was like, I just one year, just one year, everybody put all their, their gripes that they have with each other, all the resentments right. and everything else, put them aside. And let's just have a family day. Mm-hmm. I don't care what day it is. It'll be my Christmas present for the rest of my life for you guys. Right. That's all I want. Yeah. Present, present, you guys can call it all. But, you know, I'll never get that just because my, there's such a split in my family that you never get it. You know, and it's makes me sad and, you know, that, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I'm like, uh, Sarah's family is very, very close. You know, they have family reunions every other year. Mm-hmm. And there's what, 13 kids that from her dad, her, her dad was number six out of 13. Oh, wow. Or something like that. So, I mean, it's a huge family. And then you got all the, the, grandkids and nephews and right. cousins and so like there's uh there could be anywhere from two to 250 people there right you know and it's and everybody knows everybody yes and they know their favorite color and they know their favorite books and right. you know so forth but like my family there's four of us i'm not counting my dad's do- uh, triplets that he has as my original family right but hell i couldn't tell you what my brother's favorite football team is you know yeah yeah, I um I think it's mostly it's just an obstacle for us now that we're all kind of spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in West Virginia, I was the farthest away, and now my older sister lives in Missouri with her family because um, my brother in law is from there, and so she's farther away. And then Isaac and his um, fiance Keanu were in Idaho for a while, and then Garrett and Adrian and their you know wife and husband and everything are in Colorado, and so getting everyone. I think as everyone like gets married and all of that, it is hard because you have to split. Everyone mm-hmm. has to split which holidays they're doing with their own in-laws. And so that makes it a little hard. But I, you know, just on this street, <laughs> I have my parents and my brother and his family and my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And then my twin sister lives in town and Isaac and Kiana moved back. And so even if it's just half of us, that's still right. <laughs> a solid group. Right. And we just had my grandma's, my mom's mom. Um, her 80th birthday was this year. So we threw her a big party and everyone came. And so we ended up doing Thanksgiving because um, we did it that Friday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And we ended up hosting Thanksgiving at our church because there were so, there were 60 people. Jeez. And so it was massive. And so some of my cousins, you know, from Indiana had come in. Um, my ones from Iowa drove in and my Uncle Joe and Aunt Cheryl from Vegas. And it was awesome. And yeah. I got to have, that was the first time since I think Garrett and Jenny's wedding that all of just my siblings and their families 
we were all together. Yeah, I'm jealous of that kind of that kind of stuff, that family dynamic. I'm very jealous of it. We'll adopt you. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, you can <laughs> literally just go down the street. I'll right. Just, I'll just let you know next time we're having a family function. Perfect. Okay. I'll bring a, I'll bring a, a side dish. Perfect. So, I guess uh, we should wrap this up. Been going for an hour and a half. You didn't think you'd probably go that long, did you? No. <laughs> Once you get over the microphones, it's pretty easy. They just sit there. To me, this is just catching up with you. I haven't sat down I shouldn't, and talked to you. Yeah, I shouldn't say I'm that surprised. I talk a lot. What is your favorite, most favorite thing about our, our hometown? Ooh. Gillette, Campbell County, however, whatever you want to classify as our hometown. Community would probably be cliche. I'm sure a lot of people say that one. Um, it is. Uh, I would say that one's tough. I love that I came from a blue collar community. Mm -hmm. So it's not even just our community in general. It's the type of community because I think we understand the work and effort it takes to even have, you know, energy, coal and have the things that everybody needs to survive essentially. And I think that gives you a much bigger respect for all of our people that work in those industries as well. And I think it sheds a lot of light on how things work. Mm -hmm. And so you're not kind of jaded by news media and all of that. You, you know exactly what's going in and what type of jobs that's providing and what all of that does. You know, people that say coal mining ruins the earth. And even though we have teams dedicated to reclamation, you right. know, and I, I would absolutely say that I have a very high respect for our blue collar people. And I think it has made me made it to where I have a different outlook than a lot of people's, especially in cities or even mm-hmm. West Virginia. I mean, they have underground coal mining, but it's still not quite the same. Right. And it is Gillette's a rare breed. Like we, it is a very different community, even compared to other towns in Wyoming. And so I think it is just that we are all, we're all hard workers. Well, Gillette actually started off as a ranching community mm-hmm. and being a rancher is a very hard way to live. Yes, it is. And, you know, so I think just kind of branching out into the coal mining industry and oil and gas and everything else that goes on in this community with the foundation of being a ranching community, I think it pretty much set up Gillette to survive just about anything, mm-hmm. you know, that just cause it, it, we are such a hardworking community. You know? Yes, we are. And yeah, I definitely would say, you know, agriculture type positions in general, having that as our backbone and then adding on those hard labored jobs. Right. Um, you know, it, it can bring great money and, Whatnot, but I think that's also what drives a lot of people from our town mm-hmm. is because they grew up seeing all of that hard work. Right. Well, I've had a wonderful time. I, I mean, I'm glad that I can call you a friend and have you in my little circle, as yeah, I might say. I'm, I'm thankful. Like, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I. Didn't really know how this was going to go particularly, but I'm glad I did. And I'm glad we got to sit down and talk and 
catch up and talk about the different Me too. things. Yeah, it was. It went a lot more smoothly. I was nervous, <laughs> <laughs> so nervous. Well, everybody you know like I've asked several people, and they're like, "Oh, you couldn't be in front of a microphone." I was like, "Take a shot, you know, cold down for a minute, and then just like you're having, it's just like having a normal conversation mm-hmm. with somebody that you haven't seen for a while." And like I've been asking people that I know more or less than anything. I've mean, had a few, <clears throat> a few people that I didn't. I had didn't know at all you know i had shay ludvall the new mayor come on mm-hmm. and that was interesting and uh i knew del shellstead uh john bear didn't i never met him oh had no him on. I like and john. yeah he's a good guy yeah he's uh i'm pretty grateful he's he's in where he's at mm-hmm. for the for our state you know and uh i've got a few more of the people i have never met that are coming on but i don't know it's just i'd like to see this thing grow into something that I can say is from Campbell County. It is from Gillette. It was thought of in Gillette. Yeah. You know, and here's a, we're having a big old studio and a media company that's from Gillette, I think would be pretty awesome. I think, I think it'd it's be a exciting. Good, good flag to, to put, put <coughs> to cool. set. So I really am grateful for you to coming on and I'll have you on again. All right. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you. Thank you.